0: today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Cluth.
1: I know it seems impossible, you guys, but rest in the love of Jesus Christ, that He loves you so much that He will guide you through it. I know He will, because He's doing it in my life. We can cry out to Him, Abba, Father. Do you guys know what Abba means? Daddy. Daddy. Please. And He will be there, just as we read in John. He was there for His disciples. And He will be there for us.
0: In the midst of difficulties and trials, it's easy to retreat into self-pity and forget that God is faithful. God is able to carry us through even the darkest times of our lives. Today, Pastor Eric reminds us to cry out to God just as a young child cries out for their father. We can cry out, Abba, Father. Now here's Pastor Eric as he continues in the book of Judges.
1: It's saying, I messed up, and I I want your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. Not just want it, but I desperately need it. Because you are the way, you are the truth, and you have forgiveness. Nothing else has forgiveness except for God, Jesus Christ. And so you're holding on to your sin. God is saying, you know what? I'm going to continue to let you to be in that sin until you come to me. And then when you do come to me, I will be there for you, child, and I will forgive you. God wants to be the center of your relationship, the center of your life, the center of your worship. We're told that God is a jealous God. If you're holding on to sin, then your sin, you and your sin are the center of your worship, not God. But God, as I mentioned, is so good. He is so good. Because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And guess what he does with your relationship? He instantly, instantly restores it. Instantly. I praise God for that. Nevertheless, though, you guys, the, the Levites, the, the Levite, I'm sorry, blesses the spies. He tells them that the presence of the Lord will be with them. A man continuing in his wicked ways are easy to say the words, the Lord bless you. God bless you. How easy is that to say to somebody? But if your ways are not right, then what power is that? Because we just learned in his word that the Lord is not hearing you because your heart is filled with iniquity that has not been given unto the Lord. But here the priest is playing the part perfectly. He's playing the part, yes, God bless you, man. You're going to be prosperous. A very good word for me is that I need to be And we need to be careful with the words that are coming out of our mouths. You know, it says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, and this is Jesus speaking. This verse, you guys, has just totally radically just tattooed my heart this this past three weeks. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. That's heavy. Idle words. I've been guilty of that. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said this in James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. And he continues in verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Our tongue is a very powerful member. And what we say with it, here this priest is just throwing out a random blessing, a blessing that was not from the Lord, because the Lord had given the Danites already their inheritance, but it wasn't good enough for them, because they couldn't either fight the enemy that was there, and they were looking for a a greater land. They weren't content. But the tongue, you guys, is a beautiful instrument that God has given mankind. It's a beautiful instrument that God has given to us. May we use it for the glory of God. Jesus went on to say in Matthew twelve thirty seven. he says, for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Your words play a huge part in your day-to-day life. In today's age, you know, our tongues have grown extensions. Now, I will tell you this, I actually Googled this. And it's probably not a good thing that I Googled this. (laughs) But I'm like, extension of the tongue, which I'm speaking about fingers. Okay? Because now we live in such an age where we are uh, mobile, aren't we? Many of us use our cell phones, but we're not talking on them. We are doing what on them? Texting. If you see the generation today, it's like this. They're going to be walking around with a, like a crook in their necks, you know, and in and, and their backs. I mean, it's like we've lost this idea of picking up a phone, you know. I do it. I know because it's, I'm like, it's easier to text. Well, is it really easier? I mean, I don't know. But I guess it is. But we need to also take this, what God's word is saying about what we say and to what we type. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So now let's verse this. So we need to be careful of the words because like this guy right here, he's just throwing out a word that wasn't from the Lord. Verse seven through 10, it says this. So, then the, so the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of, manner of the Sidians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidians, and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Ashtolah, and their brethren said to them, Well, what is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go. I don't know if it's like that slow motion in their conversation, but as I'm speaking there... Enter the process, the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is, there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. And that's where we're going to stop. So the guys go back from exploring this land. They go in up into the mountains of Ephraim. They find this land that is just out there. That is not, there's no, there's no like defense. There's no backup, if you would say. And so they go and they see this land, it's large, there's no one there, and they could take this place, man. And so they're excited about this, and so they go back to their their home, and they tell their brothers like, man, this place is great, man, this is awesome, we can take these guys, there is no one that's going to stop us, we're going to do this. And they get, the, they get the charge going. And next week, we will see how they go and they actually do conquer this land. And they call this city the city of Dan. And we'll see how that all plays out next week. So they go, they see it, they go, but they also, are, they're on the, the response of what the Levite told them, aren't they? God will give it to you. But God did not tell them that. A man who was playing the role of a priest told them that. Now, I look at this whole chapter, and I was like, man, you know, it's, it's really good, but, you know, like, how does it, how does it working in my life, you know? Because here I see a message of contentment. And contentment is a very interesting thing. What does it mean to be content? It means that one is satisfied in what he or she has, not wanting anything more or anything else. So that's a great Bible lesson, right? We can wrap this all up and we can pray and go home. Be content with what God has given you. I would love to say that that's the end of it, but there's so much more to contentment in this that God was just ministering to my heart, especially what a wonderful time that it is in my life to to go through this lesson and and to, and to, to share it to you guys. Dan was not content with the trial that was facing them. What do I mean? What trial did Dan face? Conquering the land that God had given them as an inheritance. That was their task. That was what was set before them by God. God through Joshua, and you read about it in Joshua 19, how Joshua gave the Danites their land. And why do I think it was a trial? Because they wanted either the more land or they wanted to get out of the situation but again more i'm leaning towards their uh, personally i think they're leaning towards that they want to get out of the trial of taking on these people because if you look at it they were getting all excited about a land that had no backup no backup they could easily come in with no trouble it was the easy battle it was the easy way to go And I look at verse 5, and it says, you know, as they say to the Levite, they say, please inquire of God that we may know whether our journey on which we go will be prosperous. They had a goal in mind. They wanted to find this land, and they wanted to know if it's going to be worth it, if they could accomplish their goal. Because obviously back at home, they were not doing it. They wanted to be prosperous. They wanted to have the success. So being content with trials. Are you content with the trials that you face? Because we all face trials. We all face them. Are you content in the trial that God has put before you? I am often like the Danites, who I'd rather look for the easy battle. I don't like confrontation. It's not my natural thing. Some people thrive off of it. I don't, okay? I would rather, my flesh would rather choose the easy way out. If there's a difficulty, I will look for the non-difficult path naturally. Paul said this though, you guys, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am am, to be content. Now that whatever whatever state I am, I'm going to take that includes trials, because Paul faced trials, didn't he? He did. And I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm not content with the trials that I face. But God is growing me extremely in this area, I mean, it's like, it's radical on how God is growing me in this area. Paul learned this awesome lesson that I'm learning, and that I pray that you learn that whatever state you're in to be content, God has you where he needs you to be, and he he will get you through what you're facing. James said this in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, he says, "'My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials.'" And I read this verse over and over. How many of you have heard this verse before? Okay. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I can be a good churchgoer and say, count it all joy. But when reality comes, that is not usually the response that is given from an average person. It's not the joy. But God wants us to joy in Him. He wants us to joy in what He has brought us to. Because it is producing something in us. It's producing patience. And we'll see more what it is producing here in a second. Paul wrote this in First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. If I can encourage you to read a great chapter for your devotion, is First Peter chapter 4. It's dynamite. It says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. I guess he got the memo from James. He says, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you also be glad with exceedingly joy. (laughs) Jesus spoke about the persecuted believer, you guys. Those who are going through difficult times specifically dealing with persecution, he said this. Blessed are you when they uh, revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Matthew five eleven. Jesus says you're blessed. And we are faced in a day and age where we are going to be put to the test. Where do we stand? You know, it's happening, you know? I read an article that was was online and i read it and and it's already happening you guys and we need to know where we stand jesus says you're blessed if people say all kinds of evil against you now how many of you like that you like it okay you like it i like the i like the blessed part i like the blessed part but i don't like the part where it comes and says and they will speak all kinds of evil against you that makes me angry i don't want to i don't want to deal with that You know, I don't want to deal with that. I like the blessing part. Can we just stay on that? Well, blessed are you if you go through that, though, and rejoice in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't like trials, especially fiery trials. Fire brings pain. It brings burn, burning, hurt. But as believers in Jesus Christ, living in these days, I would say, church, don't find it strange when you face these fiery trials. Don't don't think it's strange like where did this come from, you know? Well, let me tell you, the enemy knows that time is short. The devil is walking around like a roaring lion looking to whom he can devour. Guys, in football terms, this is the 2 minutes. The final 2 minutes of the game. We're in the fourth quarter. It is time to get down and getting down and dirty, man. Because we are in a battle. We are in a battle. And I praise God for this. The battle is for man's soul. And we must remember that there is a battle going on. And may we have eyes in the heart of Jesus that wants to reach those souls and to win them to the winning team. Rejoice in these trials that you face. Count it all joy during these trials. Be content with what God has allowed you to go through. Remember these trials you face, you guys. God has allowed these things. Why has God allowed these things? Why has God allowed these trials? Well, I want to read to you. Don't get scared. It's another book. (laughs) But it is the Bible. It's just the New Living Translation, okay? I just love the way that it it, it says it. I didn't want to copy it in my iPad, and so I'm I'm just going to read it. So, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9 says this. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of of change and decay. That's awesome. That's your inheritance, guys. It's not going to fade away. Verse 5 says, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Verse 6 says, so be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests as pure and purifies gold, through your, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Did you guys get it? Did you catch why we face these trials? In verse 7, it tells us, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. God allows these trials to test our faith, to see if our faith is legit, (laughs) if it's genuine. But the pressure is heavy. It is heavy. And I would be the first one to tell you that it's heavy. But I would encourage you saints to remain under the pressure. Remain under the pressure. God is strengthening you. If you ever lift weights, what do you need to do to build muscle? You need to lift heavy. You need to rip your muscle so that the healing process can build what? Strength. In a sense, God is our strengthening coach. Okay? He is strengthening you. He is strengthening you. And there's going to be rips and there's going to be tears and there's going to be pain. But in the end, you will heal and you will be stronger. The easy thing to do is look for the easy battles. Right? When I go to the gym, it's easy to put the thing on... 5 pounds. Mm, mm. Man, look at that guy go. You know? And then they walk up to the thing and they're like, "Dude, 5 pounds, really?" I'm speaking for me, okay? <laughs> Remember the guys, through your trials, God doesn't make mistakes. The battle you face is not a mistake. God has known from the beginning of time that you would go through that battle and that you would face that trial, and he has equipped you to get through it. The trials that you face seem impossible, but what does God's word say, you guys? Matthew nineteen twenty six. Can we say it as a church? With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. And there's an old saying that is floating around in the pulpits saying, if God has brought you to it, God will see you through it. Case in point, you guys. If you would turn over to the Gospel of John, chapter six, God will see you through it. I love this this passage. John chapter six, verse sixteen. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. That's powerful. You know why that's powerful? Because get the picture. The guys are, they just got done feeding the 5,000 and they get into the boat and they're rowing across the sea. You know, it shouldn't have taken too long, but the the storm comes up and they're going for two or three miles and they're rowing. And I don't know if you guys have ever rowed or done the row machine. It's tiring, okay? And then the storm comes in and they're like, Jesus isn't with us. What are we gonna do? But then Jesus, you know, if it wasn't already insane, <laughs> he comes walking on the water and tells them not to be afraid. But the thing is, is that verse 21 is the powerful, this is the booyah verse in this section, right? Then they, meaning the disciples who were in the boat, willingly received him, who's him? Jesus, into the boat, and, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going, What a great picture when you trust in Jesus that Jesus will pull you to the other side. What a great picture of that. What a great picture that is for us. No matter what we're seeing and facing, if we just trust in the ways of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ, he will get you to the other side. And in this case in point, it was immediately. But as I mentioned on Sunday, we operate out of God's time, so he can do whatever he wants but trust in him and he will be the, the, he's the prince of peace is what I read, right? He's the God of peace and he's the God of strength and he will strengthen us. So during these trials, we need to trust in Jesus and he will get you through it. That's what his word says, but it's so hard to, to remember that and to believe that when you're facing the trials. I know, I know that, but God has been faithful. God is faithful, even when we're not faithful. God is faithful. So what a great word to be content no matter what state you're in, right? Don't run from the battles that face you. It's a word for me. Word. <laughs> allow God to let allow God to guide you through them. Because he will never leave us nor forsake us in the midst of our trials. And God loves us so much. But often we think that God is a mean old dad, pointing his finger in his chest and our chest saying, "You got to do this, kid." And I'll be waiting for you. But that's not God. God loves you and He wants to be there with you, but we need to make the choice to choose Him and to allow Him to be our God. That means to get rid of ourselves and trust in His ways. And when that seems impossible, I know it seems impossible, you guys, but rest in the love of Jesus Christ that He loves you so much that He will guide you through it. I know He will because He's doing it in my life. We can cry out to him, Abba, Father. Do you guys know what Abba means? Daddy, Daddy, please. And he will be there just as we read in John. He was there for his disciples and he will be there for us. But may we choose his ways. May we watch what we say. May we be conscious uh, in this conscious state of living for Jesus Christ these days. In everything that we do, we do all things for the glory of God. And in those times that you do mess up, not when, when you do, you're going to cry out to God and receive the forgiveness that he has offered.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Cluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Judges. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website, at www.gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at www.gracetothehearers.com where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. We would also like to encourage you to prayerfully consider donating to Grace to the Hearers. We are continuing to expand our outreach. A secure way to give is provided at gracetothehearers.com. Click on the donate button grace to the hearers is the radio ministry of pastor eric kluth of calvary chapel coolidge please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of judges that's next time on grace to the hearers